This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. For all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim, this is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Of course, powered by Overtime Media. I am Jay Kokorowski. We got the we got John McNamara here as well. It is a Friday. We are recording on Friday night. Why? There's a lot to get to when it comes to fall camp. A lot to talk about with Wisconsin and what we've seen over the past Gosh, four days, uh, four or five days. They had an off day on Tuesday. Well, we'll get to that in a second. We'll also talk about uh, Carter Gilmore, the walk-on commit for 2020 class for men's basketball. We'll talk about the return of Xander Neville after we talk about this next topic. And that is kind of what we're doing right now is we're going to be discussing fall camp practice, what we've seen here at BadgerBlitz.com in terms of our recap We'll have some laying out some different criteria, different positions, what we've seen, biggest surprises, uh, and maybe what to look to head to coming up Monday when that's going to be the last week that media will have availability to watch. And so just as a disclosure too, for the, this has been the first week that Wisconsin, Wisconsin has allowed us, the media, media the reporters to watch practice uh, in their entirety. And so, out of the five days, there were four practices that were available to watch. And John, I mean, I can't, first off, I guess the, f- the first things first, I can't believe that fall camp's already around the corner. And we are right now recording. We are three weeks away from the Badgers taking on South Florida down in Tampa. Yeah, it's, it's gone quick. Uh, you know, once you get into fall camp, like, you know, things, things generally, the pace picks up and, um, yeah, the season's right around the corner, and uh, you know Wisconsin's in full pads now. And uh, I think a lot of these battles, uh, you know, you're starting to see, you know, some people emerge that were maybe a little bit of surprises. And you know, in other battles, um, it's kind of gone as as you would expect. Uh, certainly, nothing is is done yet. There's a big chunk of camp left, but uh, yeah, the season seems like it's right around the corner about now. We want to get right into it, starting off this show. And we're going to start off with the big topic. It's the most watched position. You are looking at the quarterbacks and what we've seen first team reps. Most of them over the course of four practices has gone. They have gone to Jack Cohn, the junior out of long Island. He has also looked in my opinion, the sharpest and it kind of continues the trend of what happened in the spring where he received the majority of the first team reps from what it looked like there, or at least all of his reps in the spring were first team reps. And now going forward in, into the fall and what we've seen so far this past week, Cone, to me, from what I've seen, 
I think he's a level above the other quarterbacks right now. John, is that surprising to you? It is. Um, I, you know, I not maybe. Okay, let me start over. Maybe not to me and you know other people that follow the the team pretty closely because I think you know we talked about this. I think in Chicago, you know, Paul Chris likes. Jack Cohn, I think a lot more than the, you know, general fan base does. And he thinks maybe more highly than the fan base does. And, you know, obviously the fans are going off what they saw last year, but you know, I think that Paul Chris is pretty confident in Jack Cohn and, you know, him coming into fall camp as, as the starter, I think was expected. I, I do think it's a little surprising though, that, you know, the distance that he's created and, you know, obviously Jake, you can speak to that more than I can, but you know, by all accounts, Jack Cohn has been has been good and consistent throughout, and he's put some distance between him and uh, you know Chase Wolf and Graham Mertz and Danny Vandenboom, uh, where he you know if he continues on this pace, you would absolutely expect him to start uh, Week One against South Florida. Uh, so you know, I guess I think I think there's a big chunk of fans who at, at this point in the calendar right now. Uh, on August 9th, wanted to be reading about Graham Mertz slowly closing the gap and then maybe in a week about how Graham Mertz was going to, you know, solidify himself as the, the number one quarterback at Wisconsin. And it's it, it hasn't been that way. Jack Cohn, by all accounts, you know, by the stuff you've written and the other people who have who have been at the practices have talked about and written that, you know, Cohn is, is QB1 right now and it's it's not as close as maybe people would have hoped it was. Yeah, and, and you hit it right on the head there. From what we've seen and what I've seen, it, even today, uh, towards the end of practice, he, people have asked asked and, and have questioned whether Cone can make those deep throws, and he has. But this week in particular, and we didn't see the first four practices of fall camp in their entirety. We saw the first 30 minutes of the first uh, practice, a couple, you know, not this past Thursday, but the Thursday before. Uh he in this week he showed he could drive the ball downfield. That during this last practice today on Friday, he hit Kendrick Pryor for a 30 to 35 yard touchdown pass. He is accurate. I think he's the sharpest qu- quarterback out of the three right now. I, I still maintain Chase Wolf is the most dynamic with his mobility out of the four. But you know, we've seen really this week it's been Cone. And then either Graham Mertz and Chase Wolf going, you know, they'll interchange. So it'll be Cone and then maybe Mertz and then Cone again with first team reps and then Chase Wolf. And then I think even this, I think today, and I forgot to put it in the practice report. Maybe maybe this is a good little nugget for people here on the podcast that listen. It was more Chase Wolf than anything going right now, right after cone. So I'm not trying to speculate. That was just one practice. And honestly, uh, Monday is going to be a big indicator of where he go. You know, if Wolf has taken that step up to maybe be the number two, uh, but even between cone and, and Wolf, Wolf's got a little bit more dynamic ability, but cone has been very solid. I think there was one skeleton drill where I know it's just seven on seven, but I don't think he missed a, a pass that he threw. Uh, I think, Really, you know, even on Monday, I know it was just the fifth practice there for Wisconsin, but he was throwing touchdowns during red zone drills, either seven on seven or, mod- you know, a uh, team drills where he was hitting receivers on the money. Uh, I, I'm impressed. I, I, I 
thought that he didn't hurt himself in the spring. I didn't, you know, up until the last maybe two Fridays of, of spring ball, he, he showed stuff there, but I didn't, I guess I could say, John, that I, I feel that, you know, maybe the earlier in that spring, he didn't really show uh, a, an ability to really distinguish himself or break away from the other three in fall camp. I feel like it's taken up another notch. And so again, it's just the first week. There's still, we are three weeks away from South Florida. A lot can change between now and then, you know, the same thing happened with Jonathan Taylor. So that's a, dis- uh, that's a disclosure too. Uh, but you know, I think it's Cone and then maybe the real battle and, and maybe this is another, this is coming up to the next topic, Chase Wolf and Graham Mertz. You know, to me, if the season would start today based off of performance from this week, I think it's Chase Wolf. And in your opinion, uh, I, I guess, you know, how, from what you've seen on film from Chase, you know, prior as a recruit, uh, any bring ball practices, what stands out about his skill set? Uh, you know, I've seen it this fall camp, but what have you seen from his skill set in the spring uh, and also on his like high school film that that could make him a, a viable candidate, you know, for a backup job at Wisconsin? Or, you know, if there's an injury, he could step up and, and take uh, the reins of the offense. Yeah, and I think that's the maybe the bigger surprise is the the battle for the the backup right now. And again, there's there's nothing set in stone. And there's a long way to go, but you know the the Graham Mertz versus Chase Wolf battle, and you know ever since Mertz committed, uh, and you know he was enrolling early and stuff like that. You know Chase Wolf was kind of the forgotten guy. It was well Jack Cohn started last year, but Graham Mertz will come in, and that'll be the battle, and eventually Mertz will win. And you know there was very little talk about Chase Wolf, and you know in his recruitment in his own regard, he was a heavily recruited quarterback. Um, from a very good high school in Ohio. Um, you know, he didn't start until his senior year. He was patient there. And, you know, he he uh, you know, had a really good senior season. Wisconsin got an early commitment from him. But, you know, he was a heavily re- recruited guy. I remember Florida came in with a late offer to him. Uh, there was talk that Ohio State was interested in him later in the process. So, you know, this wasn't, you know, someone coming in who – you know, it was, you know, I, I guess his talent was below the other guys on the roster. You know, like you talked about, Jake, I think he brings something unique. You know, he might be the best athlete of of those four. He can do a little bit with his feet. And, you know, what surprises me maybe is you talked about this, his arm strength. You know, you've talked about it and other people who have watched the practice have talked about, you know, maybe he has the strongest arm on the team. So, you know, I wonder if, if he's someone that they try to get on the field at some point this season because he does have a, a little bit more of a unique skill set. So, um, you know, it's it's a great thing for Wisconsin to have. It sounds like, you know, with Wolf there, you know, there's there's three quarterbacks that, um, you know, are vying for playing time right now. And um, it's a good prompt for Paul Chris to have, but it's, it's definitely a surprise because I think a lot of people thought, you know, it was uh, a two-man race right now and, and Chase Wolf is – has said, you know, not so fast. You know, he's he's very much in the mix as well, it sounds like. It is. And, you know, he, he past two days, he has led drives, sustained drives. They haven't resulted in points. He Yesterday he missed, I think it was a throw to Jack Dunn, who was wide open. He overshot him. But I, I think he's done enough to, to warrant the conversation of him being actually, you know, if, like I said, it's just one week. Things can change next week. But I think he's done enough to warrant that conversation of uh, if he, you know, he could be that number two quarterback. And 
we've, we've saw it too, you know, being so athletic with that mobility, the run pass option, those RPOs that you talk about coming out of shotgun, there, there's been some interesting wrinkles with just the offense in general. We'll talk about the offense look uh, in just a little bit and just, uh, and just a teaser for those that have heard or seen on social media, you know, Garrett Groshek and Jonathan Taylor are in the back, you know, are in the backfield together. You know, Cohen's been in the backfield there, but imagine Chase Wolf, who can also run better than Cone, and you have another option that you have to stay honest on having three threats in the backfield to run. So that's not even counting the passing options too. So that's again getting a little bit ahead on that note. But Wolf just even today he had a couple of touchdowns in red zone skeleton drills, great catches by AJ Abbott and Aaron Crookshank. Uh, and then I, I just think, I mean, also he hit Crum, Adam Crumholtz uh, for perfectly in stride for a deep touchdown during teamwork, uh, in one of the periods later on in practice. So, you know, and, and Mertz too has had some good throws. Um, you know, Crookshank, uh, caught one from, from Mertz during one period, but you know, Mertz has also thrown some interceptions here and there, uh, from what, from what we've seen, he had, he threw one to Caesar Williams, but Regardless, that's what happened where uh, you know, there's an interception there. So I think Mertz had a decent camp, uh, but I think Cone and Mertz have done a lot more. Uh, and I think it should be really interesting uh, what happens going forward with Cone and, and with Wolf and with Mertz. Uh, Danny Vandenboom hasn't gotten many reps. So right now I'd say it'd be, a, you know, the three top three quarterbacks are Cone, Wolf, and Mertz. And, I think Cone's ahead, um, but we'll see what's going up next week. And of course, you'll know more all about that on BadgerBlitz.com uh, coming up. O line, let's talk about it real quick, though, John. We, we've seen you know, the past couple practices. You've seen Cole Van Lannen and Tyler Biotish be limited uh, on the field. Uh, they haven't participated in teamwork, uh, but the first team line with them in there would be Van Lannen left tackle. They had Jason Ehrman at left guard. They had Biotish at center, Josh Seltzner instead of Caden Lyles at right guard, uh, and you have Logan Bruss. Some people had talked about it, but you weren't too surprised about Seltzner being a starting guard. I think you had him at left guard, if I'm not mistaken, in your projected top five. But the walk-on, you know, now former walk-on, to me, he's looked good so far early on in, in fall camp. Yeah, yeah, you think it's, um, you know, I think there's a reason why they got him on scholarship so early. Um, I, they think they certainly saw something in Josh Seltzner as a guy who was going to, you know, most likely start some football games for them uh, sooner rather than later. And, you know, talking to a couple of people closer to the program than I am, you know, they were really high in him and, and what they were hearing from, from practices during last season. So I fully expected him to, you know, not only compete, but I, like you said, Jake, I thought that he would win one of those guard spots. I think maybe the the thing that has surprised me from the reports coming out is, you know, Caden Lyle's spot in, in the starting five is maybe not in stone. You know, you talked about Cole Van Landen and, and Tyler Biotish as guys that you expected to start, obviously. And then, you know, Caden Lyles and Logan Bruss were in that next wave of guys where you felt pretty good about, you know, penciling them in as starters. And it looks like, you know, there's a good group of interior guys that are challenging there. Uh, you know, with obviously Lyles and then, you know, Jason Erdman and Josh Seltzner. Um, it'll be really interesting to see which one of those, or I should say, which 
two of those three come out as starters. Um, and it looks like maybe Caden Lyles isn't a, a surefire pick to start this year. Uh, again, like you, you've talked about, and it needs to be said, just just one week that that we've been able to see. But uh, you know, maybe maybe a guy, you know, maybe week one it's Erdman and Seltzer at, at guard spots uh, for Wisconsin. And and just to let people know too, with Van Lannen and Biotish not doing teamwork uh, in terms of you know eleven on eleven work. You'll see, I've seen the past few days, it'll go in this order. It is Tyler Beach at left tackle replacing Van Landen. And then Caden Lyles has been working as the first team at left guard because Erdman has moved over to center. And then you have Seltzner and Brust, uh, Brust on the right side. And that's how the first team lines look there. And they've got a lot of reps, by the way. Uh, it's been, you know, it's not just a lot of shuffling. They've consistently been in there. You'll see a second team line. I think it's Cormac Sampson from left tackle to right tackle. If I'm not mistaken, it is Cormac Sampson, uh, Andrew Lyons. You have David Mormon at center. And then Joe Titman, a true freshman uh, at right guard. And then Aaron Vopel at right tackle. That's been more the kind of the second team line or the reserves line that we've seen. Uh, but I've also seen Mormon kind of, I think it was yesterday, get some reps in with that first, you know, that quote, quote unquote first team line at right guard. So I think, I think Mormon may be the most versatile lineman they have because he can play all three positions. So uh, we'll see if he can get in and, and make some noise. Um, right now, though, it, it seems like they're starting to gel a little bit more. We'll see what happens with Van Lannan and Biotish going forward uh, late, you know, in the next week before they close down practices to the media. Um, going forward more with the offense uh, before we'll, this will be the last thing we'll talk about for the offense right now, running back. Who's number two. We all know Jonathan Taylor is number two, but who's behind him? Um, yeah, people are talking about, you know, before camp, who's going to take on that Taiwan deal esque role. will be Bradrick Shaw who looks back and he's running and he's taking part in drills. Uh, you know, coming off an ACL. And then he mentioned that he also had a torn labrum during the 2017, uh, yeah, 2017 season. But then you have Nakia Watson, who a redshirt freshman. People thought maybe he could contribute last year. He took a red shirt right now, though, John, I would, I would say based off of the fact that both Jonathan Taylor and Garrett Groshek have been in the same backfield together. Well, with this new interesting wrinkle uh, for the offense, I think Groshek's number two. I think that he could be in line for more reps now, not just the down and distance type back where we saw out of 11 personnel. You know, he's kind of a third down back, but you also saw him, you know, second and 10 or second and eight long distance. He'd come in that 11 personnel. I think he could be in a bigger role in this 21 type personnel uh, that we've seen uh, moving forward. If they do use it at some point this season. Yeah, that's certainly what it sounds like. And, you know, last year it was Taylor, Taylor, Groshek, Taylor, Taylor, Groshek, you know, deal, deal, Groshek. And so maybe they get, you know, a slightly less uh, predictable in that regard with, with Groshek, maybe being that backup. And, you know, is he a guy that stays on the field for third down? So it, it certainly seems like his role is going to increase uh, this season. And, you know, I would imagine they feel pretty good about him. And, uh, you know, I think there's there's still some more that you, we need to see from uh, from Bradrick Shaw and and Nakia Watson, maybe even a guy like Isaac Arendo. Uh But you know, f- 
for right now, it's it's Taylor and Groshek. And like you talked about, Jake, the, the wrinkle of having both those guys in the field at the same time is certainly interesting. And, you know, obviously don't forget that Groshek was a high school quarterback. So do we see him throwing the ball at some point this year? Do we see some wildcat? Do we see, you know, a, a few more wrinkles there because of all the things that he's able to do? Um, I, I think he needs to still improve as as a pass blocker on third downs, but um, you know, all in all, I think his his role is going to increase in 2019. Yeah, you you mentioned it too when it came to pass blocking. I thought he had a little bit of trouble today when they did one on one pass rushing drills. Uh, I thought a few people got past him. I'm uh, you know, on that uh, maybe two. I think he was one for three overall. I think a couple got past him on those drills, but. I really feel that he has uh, there's a unique ability with him with catching that ball. And then also he showed he could run. He gained 425 yards last year on 6.5 yards per attempt. So he knows how to carry the rock. I am waiting to see, and you mentioned it with, with Watson, uh, Watson and Shaw. I don't know. They've, it seems like they've traded off in terms of reps or series. I still haven't seen, there hasn't been a breakout run. Like we've seen Jonathan Taylor, break out a little bit here and there. We've seen Garrett Groshek do a little bit. I wouldn't say it's as flashy as Taylor, but um, in terms of certain runs, but I think the big thing has been Shaw and Watts. And, you know, I don't know if I've seen a lot of distinguishable plays that could say, Hey, he's out ahead, whatnot. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, and I'm, I'm wondering about Garendo because he's also been limited the, in the past few days. We'll see if he can bounce back. I love the speed, and you guys heard about it on Big Ten Media Days. Jonathan Taylor mentioned that Garendo speed. He called him a blazer. We'll see if he can actually keep up, uh, if he can get back from injury and then provide some sort of spark too. Um, going to the defense before we take a break and we talk about Xander Neville and Carter Gilmore here on uh, the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Let's look at the defense, and I think you and I both, I think we both hit it on the head when it came to or we both agreed that the biggest question on defense was going to be who's going to be opposite Zach Bond at outside linebacker. And, and first off too, Bond was out on Friday with a chest injury. We don't know necessarily the severity of it. He was not, you know, I, I didn't see anything that stood out for him. I didn't see a brace on him. Uh, he was in street clothes basically, but you know, he seems to have, of course, that one spot down, but now John, Isaiah Green May has gotten a lot of reps with that first team. And that's even from what it looks like in base, which during the spring, Noah Burks seemed to get more of the base looks in the base three, four scheme that Jim Leonard deploys. But May uh, Green May had the nickel in the spring. Now looks like Green May is taking both the base and the nickel package snaps. I guess with his, with Green May's weight, are you surprised by this? But you know, from what I've seen, he's he's made some plays. He's made a couple tackles for loss here and there. I think he's a dynamic athlete. But his emergence, I think, is a little surprising being in both base and uh, the the nickel sub packages. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I thought that you know from what we saw in the spring, you know, I thought his role would be a guy that would come on the field in nickel, a guy that would come out on the field in third downs and just get to the quarterback because of, of his unique skill set. And like you talked about, Jake, you know, you guys have seen him a lot on the field, just in, in base packages ahead of Noah Burke. So I think that is a little bit of a surprise. Um, you know, mention his weight. What I think they list him at 221 pounds. 
you know, you'd still like to add some more weight to that frame, but you know, they, yep. they certainly have seen something that they, they like about him. And he, you know, I remember his recruitment. He was a huge uh, priority for Wisconsin uh, when they were going after him. I remember, you know, they got him on campus a bunch and, you know, I know the coaching staff was really excited when they got him. Uh, they thought he was a guy that, you know, in time was going to be a really good football player for them. Um, you know, a lot of it depended on, you know, him gaining that weight and, you know, could he stay at outside linebacker? Would he grow into defensive end? And, you know, it certainly looks like he's going to stay at outside linebacker, you know, uh, putting on weight is maybe it has not come as easily as uh, they would have hoped. But, um, you know, obviously if you're, if you're taking first team reps at this stage in your career, you're doing something right. And um, he's, I think he's one of the more intriguing guys on the roster because of, you know, his, his frame and his skill set and, um, obviously his ability to get to the quarterback. So um, he's one of the guys I'm excited about seeing this fall and, you know, obviously into the 2019 season. If he can get another 10 to 15 pounds on, on that six, six, that six, six frame, I think you could, that could be big for him. I think that could be huge. I think in the next year or two, but for now, I think he he's from what it looks like this first week. And again, it's a disclaimer there. I think he, from what it, from the, how he's flashed, and I thought Noah Burks, even out when Burks, uh, Burke, Noah Burks came in for Zach Bond today, and he had a would be sack uh, against Cone, if I'm not mistaken, but he also had a tackle for a loss. So I think that's a good sign there for the redshirt junior. Uh, and so obviously, again, we'll, we'll see how that position group plays out. We'll see how what Tyler Johnson, uh, if he can bring anything, if Christian Bell. I think he's gotten some more snaps. It's been starting to, it's in, you know, at the start of the week, it looked like he was maybe a third team, but with the injuries, uh, I think he's maybe, or I think he started to intertwine himself with more reps in Bobby April's group. Uh, we'll see what that comes, what comes of that next week too. Uh, safety rotation. I think the biggest surprise has been Reggie Pierce and the redshirt freshman really stepping in and taking most, if not all the first team reps at safety alongside Scott Nelson, instead of Eric Burrell, the redshirt junior who had two interceptions on Thursday. Uh, so he, he played well that game that I'd say he played very well that practice, but you know, Pearson just, he, he shined in the spring. I thought he had a great spring was one of the best players on, you know, for best performances that spring. And now you see Pearson, stepping up more and more and you know again just one week but if this holds true uh i think it could be a really interesting tandem at safety alongside with uh, nelson who last fall camp looked like a ball hawk yeah and burrell had a good spring camp too and i thought he was riding that momentum in the fall so maybe it's not as much of you know him faltering as it is you know pearson just playing extremely well right now and again it's small sample size but uh, you know, he he flashed in that Michigan game when he on the road, he had to start. Um, he showed you a little bit um, of what he could do. And, um, you know, he's another guy. He's a hard hitter, but he covers a lot of ground. I think he's quick um, and he's he's certainly part of four, you know, pretty good safeties. I think Wisconsin is on the roster right now. Um, and, you know, for him to I don't want to say overtake because obviously stuff can change. And, you know, there we don't have a depth chart, but um, for him to jump Eric Burrell at least right now, and, and take those first-team reps, I think is a pretty big deal. Because like I said, I thought Burrell closed the, the 2018 season pretty well, and he had a good spring camp. So, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have for Jim Leonard uh, at, at that safety position to have, you know, a, a handful of good options there. 
and then going with that, there's quarterback, cornerback too. And for the past, I think it was a three days, we've seen Fayon Hicks and Duran Harrell get those opportunities first up in that position group. Though, and I mentioned in the practice report, it sounded like I didn't see it, but Harrell may have limped off during one-on-ones and he came back for me for a couple of periods for a couple of series. And then I didn't see him much thereafter. And then Rashad wild goose who he and Harrell took first team reps on Monday from what it appeared like uh, it was Hicks and what uh, wild goose t- late, uh, today for the rest of the practice. I guess I'm in, I'm intrigued by this position, John, is because we've mentioned it ad nauseum, especially in our preview uh, a month ago about just how this group op- could operate, where there's depth on paper, where you've seen a number of starters. Now it's getting more consistent. That's that C word consistency with corners. Um, you have those two and uh, those three. And then you also ha- figure in Dante Burton, where the majority of the reps, you know, the, the past three practices that we've seen have gone to Dante Burton and wild goose as the next ones up after Hicks and Harrell. And there's also Caesar Williams who I think with injuries, uh, you know, today are possible injury. We don't know what, what happened with Harrell, uh, but with Harrell not practicing as much, you saw Williams get a little bit more, maybe the second team type reps. And if he had that interception off of Graham Mertz, I guess, uh, I mean, you heard it and I heard it too, where Paul Chris praised Fayon Hicks at, you know, during Wisconsin's media day last week. And now he's put that into practice and he's looked good. And I, I think Harold, Harold has had a couple times where he's gotten beat. Uh, but I also, I think I'm really starting to like wild goose where he's a little bit more vocal. Uh, you've, we've, I've heard him during practice talk, uh, but it seems like I would say right now, if the season were to start, I'd say Hicks, Harrell, and Wild Goose maybe as, as the top three out, out of the cornerbacks. And uh, it's still going to take, though, I think all of spring ball, or not spring ball, fall camp to really define their roles and, and who can make plays. Yeah, you took some of my thunder there about uh, oh, sorry. Paul Chris talking about uh fan hicks you know during that press conference and you know that definitely stands out for him um you know like not really being prompted to say it is is one of the guys that has has caught his attention i think he compared him to soldier and shelton uh which is you know a pretty pretty good uh compliment you know a guy that was a four-year starter for wisconsin um and you know hicks he was up and down last year um you know particularly particularly in that purdue game he struggled uh you know quite a bit but, you know, for him to, you know, come back and uh, have a good spring camp, have a good offseason. And, you know, I don't know if, if you could say any one of those guys are the, the clear-cut number one. But, you know, if you had to pick someone, maybe Hicks is the number one cornerback um, on, on that roster right now. That could change tomorrow potentially. But, um, you know, he's certainly done some good things where the staff is pretty confident in him. Um, I think Wild Goose might be the most talented of, of the guys that they have right now or, you know, maybe a guy that has the highest ceiling and the most upside, um, you know, obviously thrown in the fire last year. I thought he did a pretty good job as a true freshman. Um, uh, you know, you would expect him to take another big jump this year. So, you know, at a position where, uh, you know, I just, you know, for as long as I've covered this team, I just can't think of a time where Wisconsin had 
this many options at at cornerback. I don't want to say that they have depth, and I don't want to say that they're super deep, but they have they have a lot of options there, and it, it hasn't always been like that. Yeah, I think it's it's hard because we. I know a lot of us have talked about it about in terms of them being deep in terms of games played, but I mean, I've always struggled with that since, since even the spring saying, yeah, there, this is a deep group in terms of the, the experience from last year, but is it really something where I, I guess I'm, I, I don't feel that one season could make it deep. There's talent there, but I still feel it's a hint unproven though. I feel it could be a strength of, the defense going forward with this competition. And I agree with wild goose. I, I think he really could become a lockdown corner at some point. Uh, I know uh, Owen Reese from uh, my, my old friend at Bucky's fifth quarter feels the same way, but he, I think he has the opportunity. I know Chris Orr had mentioned during big 10 media days about how wild goose performed well in summer conditioning. And last year, you know, he started or started seven games uh, played in 10. He had, he led the team in pass breakups with seven. So uh, again, I am intrigued to see how he progresses. And I thought it was always weird during the spring where I didn't necessarily see a lot of reps with him with the, the you know, the first team presumed or the, even the second team is mostly like th- he was third up or the third part of the third tandem up at cornerback. Now I think you're starting to see his ability show up. And he had, a, I thought he had a really good practice today where you know, he had some pass breakups and he broke out. Yeah. He made some, he didn't have an interception per se, but I thought he flew around in the defensive backfield. Well, too. So, uh, last thing, special teams, uh, we won't talk too much about return game yet. Uh, but John, I've, we've seen a little bit of a a shift, if you will, with place kicker from what we saw on Monday before they had a day off. Connor Allen was holding the ball for Colin Larsh for Colin Larsh. And then after that day off, now Zach Hintz, the redshirt senior known primarily for touchbacks uh, on the kickoff coverage unit. He's now getting opportunities. I would say first up with Connor there, I would say right now the presumed first team kicker and holder unit. And you know, today was a little rough. I think for both Larsh and for Hintz, uh, I think they've missed a couple like that, like four opportunities. I think they may have missed two of them a piece, but overall both kickers have looked good, but right now Hintz has the stronger leg. And if he keeps that accuracy up, I think he could actually overtake. And I thought Larsh might've been more accurate heading into this, uh, this fall camp, but Hintz, in my opinion right now would, would be a little bit ahead just because they're matching accuracy. He's matching accuracy with Larsh. Yeah. I will defer to you on this. Um, I just know Hintz is a guy who has the stronger leg, and I thought Lars was more accurate. And, uh, you know, Paul Chris said that it was wide open uh, at the media days, and it certainly sounds like, you know, both these guys are going to get opportunities. So um, I guess, you know, best case scenario for Wisconsin is the guy with the biggest leg becomes the most consistent as well. So, um, you know, Hintz has done an excellent job um, on kickoffs. He's, you know, that's maybe Wisconsin's best unit just because of what he's been able to do and, uh, to, to kick the ball out of the end zone and get touchbacks and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, if he could step up as a senior and and win that place kicking job, I, I think that would be big for Wisconsin too, because you know, what we know about him, um, you know, is that he's got, he's probably got the best leg on, on the roster right now. 
Yeah. And like I said, again, it's just one week, just four practices. However, uh, yeah, it w- of course we'll watch it again next week and we'll, we'll report it on badgerblitz.com. I haven't seen much out of Blake Wilcox for that matter. So I don't right now, I don't think he's going to figure in that race. The, the true freshman, the all American game, uh, yeah, the under armor, all American game participant from, uh, this, this past winter. I don't foresee him doing anything. And, uh, but I think it's going to be larger hints. And right now it's, I'd say hints has the upper hand, but let's take a quick break. Uh, catch our breath. I know, I feel I'm winded. I think I need to do more cardio at the gym, but let's come back. Let's talk about the return of Xander Neville, which is a very interesting piece that uh, I did not foresee coming. Uh, We'll also talk about the commitment on basketball of 2024 forward in state forward, Carter Gilmore. Give us about, uh, give us a few minutes. We'll be right back here on the badgerblitz.com podcast powered by overtime media. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we are back on BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media. This is Jake Okorowski. We got John McNamara here. John, I walked onto the practice field and was then saw the tweet from a UW official stating that Xander Neville, by gosh, that's Xander Neville's music for you wrestling fans, has returned to Wisconsin and was in the NCAA has granted to him a sixth year of eligibility. Right now he's cleared for practice. There's more, there's a process being getting ready to make sure that the, you know, that waivers are ready for him to be cleared to play in competition. And even UW, there's, there's still so much to talk about with him trying to get back in shape. You know, Paul Chris mentioned he was not in, uh, he did not, was not with the team during the summer. And so also working back from that left leg injury that cost him the rest of his then fifth year, senior year, his redshirt senior campaign. How surprised were you on a scale of one to 10 that you would hear Xander, ne- Xander Neville's name during fall camp of 2019? <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes you hear rumblings of stuff and sometimes, you know, just because of the job, you know, things are going to happen, but I, I had no there was no rumblings or there's no whispers about this happening, at least from what I could gather, uh, you know, so it was, yeah, I was definitely surprised. And like you talked about at a position of need at a position where, you know, right now you have Jake Ferguson and Luke Benchall, um, Gabe Lloyd's done for the year. Coy Wanner is, 
is out right now. Um, you know, you were thinking, can a guy like Hayden Rucci play right away, a true freshman? So, you know, if there was one position where you could say, hey, look, we, we'd love to add someone, you know, it, we, just someone fall from the sky. You know, it was definitely tight end. And, you know, a guy like a guy like Neville, um, you know, known as a blocking tight end. And um, I thought Wisconsin's, you know, running game dipped a little bit when he went down with an injury. You know, he was a big part of Wisconsin's success on the ground. Um, you know, like you talked about, Jake, there's still, at least it sounds like some hurdles that still need to be crossed. Um, he's cleared to, uh, well, I guess the NCA what, cleared him to participate in practice? Or they've granted him a six-year to do that, but he still needs to apply to playing games. Uh, Wisconsin yeah. still needs to clear him health-wise. Um, so this isn't going to be something where, you know, you see Xander Neville against South Florida, most likely. I, I think that, you know, you, you're looking maybe a few weeks into the season. Uh, but I think w- if you can get something from him, maybe when Big Ten play rolls around or, you know, a few games into the Big Ten schedule, um, I think that's huge because they, you know, I, you could argue that tight end is the thinnest position on the roster right now. Yeah. And that's where I, yeah, we, you hit it on the head there too. You, you hit it on there. You hit it there on the head where it, it's interesting layers. I, I was joking with, with a UW official about this. There's just layers to it. It's not just always cleared for everything. Uh, you, he's cleared to practice according to the NCAA but there's the competition part in games. You also hit it when it comes to just the impact. I think it's going to hit later in the year or midway through the year where in Paul, Chris alluded to it. They have to, you know, they're going to approach things a certain way. There's a little bit of a caution there uh, with not, it's just because he's working his way back into college football conditioning shape, right? He, he needs to get back into that frame of mind, that mold there, but he was at practice. He was there at practice on, on Friday, so uh, he could be a huge boost. Uh, you know, obviously with his run blocking ability, he has some pass catching ability. But given what's happened with Gabe Lloyd out for the year, even today you saw some they're interchanging, mixing, matching players with Seth Curran's also working with the tight ends previously, but now injured. There you saw Jack Eschenbach, a Richard freshman, get some snaps. You know, working with the first team offensive line even Hayden Rucci doing a little bit of that. I think Clay Cundiff may have as well. Uh, if my memory serves me right where they're just kind of intermixed there, but they need, if, if Neville can come back, give some help, maybe towards the beginning of, of October, maybe a week or so after that could be a huge boost for the Badgers offense uh, and, and whatnot there. So, so going on that, I guess let's switch gears before we wrap up the show. Last night, surprise commitment for basketball 2020 class. Of course, it wasn't Jalen Johnson. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't any other target, uh, really. That you know we've talked about a little bit more in terms of having an offer, but for a walk-on offer from Heartland Arrowhead, uh, 2020 forward Carter Gilmore commits. He, he tweeted it out. He accepted the preferred walk-on opportunity. John, in your opinion, how big of a get is this for a player that had offers from DePaul and had offers from Milwaukee, but yet took the chance to walk on to Wisconsin? It's a very good get for Wisconsin. Uh, you know, we talked about Gilmore uh, in June. 
after he was at Wisconsin is Wisconsin's advanced camp and also their team camp that month. Um, I thought he performed very well there. You know, he was a guy I thought put himself in, you know, the scholarship conversation. Um, you know, maybe even a guy that, I, you know, potentially was offered a four for five deal like uh, Joe Hedstrom was. So, you know, to get him as a walk on, I think is huge. Uh, you know, you talked about the offers that he did have. You know, he's, you know, six foot seven, about 200 pounds, uh, can score pretty well. Uh, you know, maybe the knock on him is that he's not, you know, an elite athlete, but um, he does a, a lot of things very well. You know, he moves pretty well for his size. He can shoot. Uh, he can rebound. He can post up. And he played uh, on the EYBL circuit uh, the last two summers, which, you know, is probably the top uh, AAU circuit uh, for the summer where, you know, he played with Phenom University, which is a team with Jalen Johnson, uh, Reese Beekman, uh, you know, a handful of other guys, Patrick Baldwin Jr. So, um, you know, he he's played against a high level of competition there. And um, like I said, to get him as a walk-on, I, I think is a is a pretty good steal for Wisconsin. I think he's going to be a guy that earns a scholarship at some point. Um, but you know, to to put him in a class that already has uh, the the Davis brothers and Lauren Bowman is uh, is a really good fit. And I think they're still looking for at least one more scholarship guy in that 2020 class. Real quick before we wrap up the show with that with Gilmore, what does it mean for that 2020 class where you can get a guy like Gilmore? who had division one offers, uh, you know, and not, it was mid-major with DePaul, Milwaukee, but whatever. There, there's still scholarship opportunities. Uh, what did it mean? What, what does it mean to, to get a player like Gilmore, you know, with his skill set, uh, but have him as a walk-on work? And who do you think Wisconsin focuses in on with the three commits already, but who do they focus in on for the rest of the 2020 class? Yeah, I think Gilmore's commitment doesn't, change you know who their top targets are um he's just a nice piece to add to the group that they've had so i don't think they they do anything different i think you know you look at stephen crowell is is probably still that that top guy uh or you know more probably the most realistic guy of the of the offers that they have right now the the center from minnesota who we've heard pretty good things about um i think he's a guy that eventually ends up committing to wisconsin but you know i think there's still a little ways to go in his recruitment um, you know, they've, they've been recruiting like they want to take two more scholarship guys in this class, even though if you, if you look at the scholarship distribution chart that we have on our front page, uh, that would put them over the limit, at least on paper. So, um, you know, we'll have to see if there's anything going on in terms of roster attrition or something that maybe we're missing there. Um, but it, it certainly looks like they, they maybe could take as many as two more guys in the class. So I think it starts to crawl, but, you know, there's a few more other guys that they – they have offers out too that they're they're going to try to get on campus. Um, you know, we just had an article about Ben Carlson uh, on on the site a few days ago. You know, he's someone who has Wisconsin in, in his top group, even though he hasn't really announced. Um, you know, Wisconsin, Stanford, Xavier, Minnesota, Purdue. You know, those are the schools that have been really with him for for quite a while now. So they, they're trying to get him back on campus. Another kid from Minnesota. So um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they close out this class. Um, I, like I said, I think crawl is, is probably the guy to keep an eye on, but you know, do they go beyond that? Will they try to add two more scholarship guys? So, um, like I said, Carter Gilmore, his addition doesn't really change what they want to do. Um, but it's just a really nice piece to have as a preferred walk on. Thank you guys for listening for this week's episode. And hopefully you guys are driving around this weekend road trips. It's August dog days of summer, even though the temperatures are beautiful here in Wisconsin, hopefully you guys make some time and you guys get to 
listen to the badgerblitz.com podcast. And I'm going to be tomorrow. I'll be in Milwaukee for the UW alumni chapter there. They're having a golf outing. I'll have a little season preview chat with a good friend, uh, Luke Muller of mine. Uh, he is a good, good friend of mine used to write, uh, for an old public publication that I used to work for. So, uh, we'll have a season preview talking there. Uh, we're going to have one in Tampa, by the way, uh, coming up for those that are in Southwest Florida that are heading to the game in South Florida. I'm going to do a season preview with that chapter. It's going to, uh, the night before that Thursday, the 29th and John and I are really excited about that opportunity there, but, I guess going forward, John, I mean, obviously fall camp's going to take a lot of it. I'm going to have hopefully tomorrow, uh, which is Saturday morning, a takeaways piece kind of through the first four practices that we have seen as media would have stood out to me. Um, what else should we expect from badgerblitz.com besides that going forward in the next week or so? Yeah. You know, we're going to try to suck up all we can from, from the practices that we're able to go to for fall camp and, you know, we've, we've had some basketball recruiting news up on the site. Uh, I think football is going to pick up again pretty soon once we can start doing official visits. So, uh, you know, fall camp has has been taking up the bulk of the space on the site. But, um, you know, obviously recruiting is always going to be there for us. And uh, things will heat up soon once official visits start up in just a couple weeks. We'd love to have you be part of the BadgerBlitz.com community. Fall camp recaps. I have fall camp analysis takeaway posts pretty much. And I also have multimedia going on. Uh, John has been help really helpful uh, in terms of getting a lot of the videos up that I've taken this past week. We hope to continue that heading in to next week uh, before practices are closed down until game week. So real quick where you can find us, Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers on badgerblitz.com. Go to Twitter at McNamara rivals, me at Jake Coco. You can also go to our, co- our Badger Blitz account at Badger underscore Blitz. We have an Instagram page. Look up Badger Blitz there. For this podcast, subscribe on Apple, on Google, on Spotify. Subscribing. This is a free podcast, folks. So some of the, some of the insider information that normally is on the site and for subscribers, we're, we're kind of regurgitating this on the podcast. So listen to some of the nuggets of information here so that you get the latest on what we've seen, our analysis, our breakdowns, our opinions are whenever this uploads, guess what folks, it goes straight to your mobile device, your iPad, your desktop, computer, laptop. Uh, Make sure you do so again, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, or on overtime media on that site as well. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, especially for those here in Wisconsin with just the great weather that's going on. Uh, Excited to get the kids out and have a lot of fun, but stay tuned for another edition coming up soon of the badgerblitz.com podcast, of course, powered by overtime media.